Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 40 of License to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekuso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Uh, pretty well, man. Pretty well. Nice? Yeah. Have a nice weekend? I did. I had a lovely weekend. Well, 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 there's some... I was about to start talking about it, but I actually we're actually talking about key elements of why I had a nice weekend in the stars. So oh, I don't want right. to. Well, we don't want to burn through that. Yeah. Uh, did you enjoy the very unseasonably warm Saturday followed by the very seasonably cold Sunday? It did really throw me off. I came downstairs today in a t-shirt, thinking like, "Oh, well, it's another." And then I went back upstairs and I put a sweater on. Yeah, it straight up dropped thirty-five degrees from yesterday to today. It was. I mean, it shouldn't have been sixty-five degrees in January anyway. But yeah, that was the part weird. that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Dave, you know what else is weird? It's episode forty of Gekusou Dude, Sentai this Car episode Ranger. is weird. Uh, we Very obviously good, we already though. okay. We already watched it. It's a killer episode. But there's a lot of weirdness here that I'm very eager to talk about. Yes. Okay. So, it's episode 40. It's called Nani Whatever Anyway, A Scramble Intersection Robot. Uh, Its original air date was November 29th, 1996. It was written by Naruhisu Arakawa. Um, If you'd like to watch along with us as we uh, go through here, you can do that either on the DVDs or at ShoutFactory.tv. But of course, Dave, before we get into that, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What, oh brother of mine, is the first star of the week? So our first star of the week, Matt, is uh, we are a week into gripping it and ripping it. And I just kind of wanted to check in. How's your, uh, you know, how's your sort of like grip to rip ratio? Well, Dave, I, I feel Going. like my, my ratio is one to one, but it's only because I haven't figured out anything to grip yet. So like I haven't. That seems more like a zero to zero. Well, sure, but I mean, you know, it's it, you know zero to zero, one to one, two to two. It's all that. That's the ratio. I'm not talking numbers. I'm talking okay. No, no okay. Yes. Okay. You're right. You're right. I got you. I got you. You know, I just thought about this, Matt. I wonder if the lion himself, Big John Daly, would be upset. I feel like he would approve of our little of our humble ooh. Uh, I mean, if you want to reach out to him, you're homage. more than welcome Sorry, to him. I was about to say oove, and then I was thinking, I was like, nope, different French word than that. Our humble homage to his his sort of larger than life. I've been reading a lot of John Daly's like press releases. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to work that into the the five stars? Well, I was talking to my wife about it, and I said she was like, ah, oh, she was talking about something she was having a hard time with, and I was like, Beth, you just need to grip it and rip it. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, right, you don't listen to the podcast. And then it was sort of like detailing her a little bit on the history of the of the phrase grip it and rip it. And and so I was just reading a bunch of John Daly's like promotional materials. You know, this dude has a line of like pizza. Fran- it's not a pizza franchise. It's okay. like it's a pizza system. So like okay, if you've you got have to explain a- what that means. Well, it's like if you have a clubhouse, right? Like if you're uh-huh. a, if you're a golf 
course. It took me a second to come up with the word. If you're a golf course and you're like, oh, at our little clubhouse or our like other venue, we would like to serve pizza, but like we don't want to make it all. You know, and like we don't, we don't know, gonna like open up a little Caesars in here. Like, what are we, how do we do this? Like, what are we gonna do? Well, the answer is, is you can get a hold of John Daly Pizza and it's a pizza system. See, okay, now you've, you've said that phrase a few times now, and I'm gonna need you to explain what a pizza system is. Like, is this like who operates the system? Is it an, like what is the I think difference it's probably a... just John Daly himself. So John no, no, no. Daly like himself you... just does he send you a frozen pizza? Like what's happening here? I think basically what it is is that John Daly will send you a John Daly frozen pizza. Okay. And then you also he might like they might also supply like if you want to buy like oh here's the oven that we would recommend and then also all of like the like the sign and maybe like the napkins and stuff you can get and that's like it's it's a system Matt it's the John Daly pizza system okay and below, it says John Daly pizza and then below that it says grip it and eat it which okay. I feel like is not nearly it doesn't roll off the tongue in the same way that grip it and rip it or grip it and sip it does I mean not quite no but he's got very limited options right. Uh, he could grip it and uh, zip it if it's a fast pizza. Could get there zip in a zippy fashion. Yeah, he could grip it and nip it if he was making like horticultural pruning supplies. Sure, sure. Uh, he could grip, grip it and it. dip it. He should have done an ice cream system that exclusively does like a dip and dots, like an ice cream of the future. No, 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 like a candy dip. You know, like that chocolate or strawberry, you would put the ice cream, like the magic shell? Sure, sure, sure. John Daly's grip it and dip it. John, this is a treasure trove. If someone could get us in touch with John Daly, now he, he could do have like a, we got ideas? Now, does, his, does his, uh, his pizza system include a sandwich system, like a French dip, where he could do a, a, a grip it and dip it? See? That would, that's a multi-use. You could go grip it and dip it savory or grip it and dip it sweet. John, this is gold content right here. So anyways, anyway. uh, yeah, I just thought I thought we would grip it and tip it could be like a child's game if you're like trying to practice like gross motor skills. Sure. Grip it and lip it. Lip balms. Lip balms. Lip balms slash lip oriented cosmetics. Grip it and quip it. His new comedy Ooh. club chain. Comedy club chains or possibly like a Mad Lib style come up with your own. The comedy club is gold because at a comedy club, you know what they could serve? Well, they can serve some pizzas and sandwiches. You could serve and some ice cream. pizzas, sandwiches and ice cream and alcoholic beverages. I'm going to feel like we're just leaving money on the table here. <laughs> or I just John yeah, Daly really. is. This is yeah, he really is. Big John. You you got to get on this. Anyways, man, so how's your uh like I said, how's your grip it to rip it? How's it going? Well, you know, Dave, the only thing so far this year that I've decided to grip and then rip is uh, that, of course, we're still in January, which means we're in Westerns Month. Now, I don't want to do a full Westerns Month retrospective until we get to the end of the month. But I will say I've been watching a couple of Westerns, maybe not as many as I'd planned on originally, but uh, but enjoying each one. What about you, Dave? How's your, uh, how's your grip to rip ratio? 
I, well, listen, I am gripping things. I'm definitely, I'm keeping my grip. I'm, I'm sort of white knuckle gripping things. So I should say that it's actually been a very good week. I don't know that I would categorize anything I'm doing recently as ripping it. I'm definitely gripping it. I'm firmly gripping. I don't know that I would say ripping. Well, you know, Dave, you got all, listen, it's January. Now is the time to grip. You've got all year to rip. That's a good point. I feel like is you really could be up through June. You could just be gripping. And as long as you really rip it in that second half, you're in good shape. Guys, this is a this is a call out to you. If you're just feel I know this year we're gripping it and ripping it. If all you're doing is gripping it, that's okay. Yeah. Listen, you certainly Here's what you don't want to do. You don't, don't want to just. You, you don't, don't want just want to just rip it. Rip it. <laughs> you, it's friends. This is so important. You've it is got imperative to rip it first. Yeah. So, anyways, Matt, uh, all right. I'm glad to hear. And that's just a, guys. It's again. You can just grip it. It's okay. Start where you're at, Matt. What is our second star of the week? Uh, Dave, second star of the week is that I understand you had a lovely culinary weekend. I did have a lovely culinary weekend. So we have uh, an out-of-town guest, and uh, she's visiting uh, from out of town, and that's you don't say key. Yeah, that's key in the name. So anyway, so she was visiting, and she was just sort of like it was really wild actually, because she's from she's from the city, she's from New York City. So she's visiting, and she was like, oh, like I want to see all this Cleveland stuff, which was kind of wild to me. Like I'm very used to playing host to people in in Cleveland. But it is almost always, just like as it happens, like all of our town, out-of-town friends, or almost all of them, are from like very small towns. Right, or like comparable to Cleveland or small. Right, or like comparable size cities. So it's sort of like, oh, well, like here's the sort of Cleveland version of like a mid-sized Midwestern city. And like here's the fun things about it. But I'm not accustomed to hosting somebody like from New York City because it's like, well, I can show you stuff, but like, you definitely probably have a version of this where you're from, right? Just like the law of large numbers, like there's a lot yeah, of like- real estate in New York City. The thing <laughs> right. I'm going to show you in Cleveland is probably done somewhere else near you. So here's the here's the one the, the one thing we did is we went to visit the West Side Market. Uh, she oh, really nice. wanted to see that, and the West Side Market is great. And then the other really thing that we sort of, like, toured her about was just, like, look at all this space. Like, all these houses have yards, and they only cost, like, $100,000. I mean, I guess if you're coming from New York City, that is, like, the big novelty you don't get to see. It really is. Like, we were driving around, and she's like, there's so much space. Like, everything has space. Like, everything has a yard here. I was like, yeah, it's pretty wild. And then we were talking about, more yards than we got houses. Because <laughs> a lot of them were condemned and then demolished. Yeah, that's not so great. So anyways, uh, but the other thing she said is she's like, oh, like, like she and Beth were just talking about it. And uh, she mentioned like, oh, like I've never had French food. And Beth was like, oh, like we got you. Like we'll make some French food while you're here. So I had uh, on Friday evening. Now I want to say, Matt, you didn't eat either of these, although I did invite you over both times. You did, on, yes. Yeah, on Friday we had a uh, bœuf bourguignon, and uh, then just before I finished or started this recording, actually, I had cassoulet, 
again. So it's two castellets in one year, which is real. Make actually, that's what I'm gripping and ripping. Actually, really, Beth is gripping and ripping it because she made the castellet twice. But I'm gripping and reading, ripping eating castellet. So that's which huge is its for own me. sort of skill. Yeah. So uh, yeah, beef bourguignon on Friday and castellet uh, today. And oh, I'm sounds, just that sounds great. Yeah, I'm I, just I. I had a very different uh, sort of like French meal yesterday, actually. Okay. Is it was like, I didn't want to go to the grocery store, right? Because it was kind of raining all day and I didn't want to walk to the store. And But also it was 65 degrees out. So I was like, I want to stay home and have all the windows be open so I can air out my place. Right. While it's like weirdly yeah, yeah, yeah. nice out. Yeah, no, of course. Um, but then, like, it got to be late in the evening, and, like, it was raining, and it was starting to get a little cooler. I was like, okay, what do I have in my apartment that I could eat? And I looked around, and I realized that I had oh. so overbought for my uh, Christmas Eve, like, charcuterie cheeseboard yeah, yeah, yeah. spread. And I was like, I just have a bottle of wine... Like, a small wheel of cheese, like a dried, like, charcuterie sausage thing, and then just an assortment of, like, olives and cornichons and, like, like little, like, crudite stuff. And I was like, I can just make myself, like, a, like a, like a board and, like, open a bottle of wine and that's dinner while I watch A Fistful of Dollars. And I'll tell you what, Dave. Dude, that sounds real good. It was so good. Like I almost Dude, took a picture. A, that's and I was a like, delightful who, meal. Who yeah. would I show the? Who would I show this picture to? But I'm telling you uh, now, just sort of Twitter? like the audio version of that. Hmm. Yeah. So, oh gosh, French food is just, just real, real good. It's amazing. So, uh, Matt. Sorry, I just sort of got lost in sort of like a a duck time marjoram sort of cloud there mentally for a second there. Hey, dude, it happens. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an occupational hazard, Matt. What is our third star of the week? Dave, third star of the week, brief one here. Uh, this is, well, it's it's not exactly in the right the the right socket for it, but I think we could probably get away with calling it a commute update. Commute update. So, I was uh, I was driving to the store today because eventually I did have to go to the store, and uh-huh. I, I wanted I, I drove because I wanted to get to a store. the The store that I walk to is not a great store for like deli meats. Uh, it's one of those things that like everything about the store is great except if you just want to buy stuff for a sandwich. Like the only thing they have is like super artisan stuff that's thirteen dollars a pound. Oh, okay, yeah. It's just like, man, I would be very happy with just, like, some ham here. Right, like, I just need some ham for sandwiches for work. Uh, so God. I went out to the store, and as I was getting out of my car, um, have I... we Have we talked about the fact that I have in my car, it's a, like, my phone uh, connects to this device via Bluetooth, and then that Bluetooth device emits a shortwave radio signal... That I tune my car radio into because my car doesn't have like an auxiliary port. Oh, uh, you! I mean, I know such devices exist. I don't know that we've talked about this specific one, but so yeah, I, I got I've you. got one. Uh, I've gone through a few of them over the years. The one I have now, I've had for a year or two, um, and it's just like the thing that I use so I can listen to podcasts from my phone in the car. Anyway, 
have you if you've ever had a dedicated Bluetooth device, you will know that the voice that tells you that it is both ready to pair for the Bluetooth and has succeeded in pairing is always weird. Like, they're always in some accent that you can place, and they never sound right, because, like, there's some programmed robot voice that has just been attached to this thing. Yeah, they always... Yeah, they sound, like, a tiny bit weird. Like, you can tell that what they've done is that it's... They've gotten a bunch of phonemes and just sort of jammed the phonemes together. Right, because, like, it doesn't really matter. It just leads to, like, let you know what's going on. And once you've heard it a time or two, you're fine. Um, but the one that I have in my car, it, it does, it's got a two-part system. When I turn the car on, it says, waiting for Perry. And now it, it's supposed to say waiting for pairing, but that's not really what it sounds like. It says like, it sounds like he's saying, waiting for Perry, as though Perry is the name of a guy and he needs Perry to show up before <laughs> we can like get this show on the road. And then after a few seconds, once it finds my phone, it says, pad. And then it's ready to roll, right? So I get out of my car today. I turn off, you know, I turn off the car. I get out. I lock the door. I take like two steps away. And I hear somebody else who has just gotten in their car, like two cars away from where my car is, with their radio really turned up. And they must have the exact same device because ah. from a distance, <laughs> I heard. You just hear. I hear, waiting for Perry. And I turn like. Did my car just turn on without me in it? What is happening right now? Because that is the only reason I would hear this. And of course, like, it's just some, like, thing I spent 20 bucks on Amazon on. Like, I'm sure a bunch of people have that exact same one. Maybe you, listening, have that exact same one. But hearing it outside of the context of inside my car (laughs) was like running into your, like, like, your school teacher outside of the school building. And like, wait... I know that you exist outside of that space, but what are you doing here right now? Can I tell you something weird, Matt? I have the same experience, because I live very close to where I work, and I have the same experience running into students. Right, like, I know you must live around here because you go to this school, but, like, why are you here, here? Yeah, it is a very odd... (laughs) No, I think it's it's probably weirder for them because, like, You know, like teacher-student, there's just like a sort of implied social power dynamic there. And so it's less weird for me. But it is strange. Like, I see people, and it's just like, you're not, this isn't how we interact. I'm just gonna... And it was like one time where like I saw a kid, and their parents were with them. And I sort of saw them out of the corner of my eye. And I saw them see me, and they saw me see them. And then we both just sort of were like... Like, did, like, a quick nod and then, like, went walked opposite directions, like, about our business. Like, we're not going to deal with this right now. It's right, and then, and then the next day I saw them, and I was like, oh, hey, like, I saw you at this place. And they were like, oh, yeah, like, if my mom had seen you, she would have made me, like, come over and say hi. And I was like, it's cool. I was there with my kids. Like, we were just shopping. <laughs> it was great. Like, neither of us want to do this right now. Uh, Anyway, Dave, speaking of school, what is the fourth star of the week? Oh, so our fourth star of the week is, I'm just finishing up my first week back to school about, uh, you know, because I was on winter break for two weeks. And it was the weird, it's just weird. Because when you're on, and this is probably, man, here's the thing. 
Teaching is such an odd profession in many ways, and I have never spent, I have spent virtually zero time in the world of, like, like, other adult jobs. Like, I've never really been in, like, business or anything. Like, I've kind of only ever done this one thing. Right, right. And so when I have a context, like, is it weird or is it not? Um, and so anyways, like, I got back from this break, and I went to school, and I did the first week at school, like, this past week, and I was like, oh, well, that was cool. And then when Friday hit, I was like, ah, oh, that week was fun. I'm so glad to be on vacation again. I was like, oh, wait. No, like it's just the weekend now. Like I will have to. I gotta go back to work on Monday, and then like my heart just sank inside me. I was like, no, I did. I, no, I, but, I did but a I whole went week. To work. Why would I have to go again? <laughs> but I, I did that. I went for a whole week. Isn't it time for? Is it time I, for I had that exact exact same thing. I didn't. Again. I didn't have a full two weeks off. I had. Uh, I I went back to work last Friday or last Thursday. Okay. Um, and so I had Thursday, Friday, and then I had the weekend, and then I had a full five-day week. Um, but at the end of that five-day week, it didn't feel like I had had a five-day week preceded by a weekend, which was itself preceded by a two-day week. It felt like I was forced to work for seven days, and only during part of that was I allowed to enjoy my natural state, which was vacation. Right, yeah, like you had to work for seven days straight, and also you had never been on vacation before in your entire life. Right, and now I gotta go back to work tomorrow again for another yeah, five days. Yeah, it's real, it's a, it's dumb. It's a jerk move for jerks having to go to work. Yep. Yeah, like every, <laughs> so the kids are like, with the twins, I, I get up to go to work in the morning, and oftentimes they're like, no, like we want you to stay, and I was like, guys... I get it. I also want. I also want Abba to stay home. From right. Work. If that if that's what you think, imagine how I feel. Right. Uh, but I gotta get like eventually. It's like I could stop going, but they'd stop paying me pretty quickly. So, so we just gotta stick with it, guys. Uh. So what, Matt? Is our fifth star? Oh wait, I am talking about the fifth star of the week. You know, yeah, Matt. Dave, what's uh, what's the fifth star of the week, bud? So, fifth star of the week, Matt, is I... So, our buddy Bill, friend of the show Bill, who we should have back on at some point, uh, he hey, is... He hasn't been on since, what, season one? Oh, dude, he hasn't been on the show in, in forever. Uh, well, for a long time, he did his own podcast called uh, LARPcast. It was about LARPing. Uh, he recently stopped doing that, and he's gotten really into, over the course of the last year, uh, speedrunning. Speedrunning video games. And this is not something that I've ever really interacted with, and it's so wild... That I just, I just felt the need to talk. This is just me verbally processing right now. Because uh, we get together on, like, our buddies, we get together on Thursday nights. This week nobody else could make it. And Bill was like, do you just want to come out? Like, I was going to watch this speedrunning marathon. And I was like, honestly, I'm just kind of trying to get out of the house and drink some White Claws. So, like, I'll do whatever. Sure, absolutely. Because beer's been giving me headaches recently. So, anyways... So I go over to his place, we have some drinks, and I'm watching the speedrun. He's like, oh, did you get a chance to watch this Fallout speedrun? I was like, no, I didn't. I saw you had posted it and mentioned me on Facebook because I like the Fallout series. Let's watch this. Yeah, I saw that, but I was like, well, I'm not going to watch that. It's a speedrun of Fallout, so even if they do it quickly, I probably don't have time to watch it. Matt, you do have time to watch it. You, okay, Matt, I'm going to ask you to guess. I've I've sort of given you a clue already. But Matt, this dude sits down and he beats 
in a row without getting up, Fallout 1, 2, 3, New Vegas, and 4. Guess how long it takes him. Um... To beat all five of those games. Okay. Well, I I know... I, I know what a, what the cap on this is, because you said it was Thursday, and I know you had to work on Friday. So I had if, to work on Friday. So if you went over to his place at 7, then I imagine that watching all of that together is about like a feature, the length of a feature-length movie. Yeah, you're about right. He beat all of them in, in just over two hours. That's a, like, I've never played, I haven't played all those games, I've never played 1 and 2. I... Uh, but I can't imagine... I, I, I can't imagine getting started in Fallout 3 in under two hours. Dude, it's true. Like, it's truly insane. So, like, 1 and 2 is basically about... um, It's about, like, pathing and sort of, like, realizing that, like, oh, there's a bunch of stuff you can do in this game, but, like, you only need to meet this, like, one objective. And if you can do that, then, like, you're fine. And there's not a lot of, like, glitches to exploit. Here's the really here's like the really wild thing I think about speedrunning. So we watched that, and then we watched the speedrun of Outer Worlds. Which have you beaten Outer Worlds yet? I haven't, but I know that that is a shorter game. It is a shorter game. He does beat the guy who speedruns. It's a different guy. Beats it in fourteen minutes. Well, now again, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> it's crazy. And so here really is the here is the thing I think that is wild about speedrunning is. If you are speedrunning a game, because I was sitting there watching this with Bill, and Bill was over to save, or sort of able to, to provide an additional layer of color commentary, because I'm like asking what's happening. He's like, oh, like blah, 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 blah. Like this is sort of what he's doing. Here's the really interesting and, and wild thing about speedrunning to me, is that if you are speedrunning, you're not actually, you're not playing Fallout. Like this dude was not playing Fallout. This dude was playing, like, a separate game. And he was, like, he was using Fallout to play that game, if that makes sense. No, like, that absolutely say, okay, makes sense. So, like, you know what I mean? It's like, when you... So, like, I'm a, I am ai love to, like, dive into these games. And I, you know, like, I played Skyrim for, like, many hundreds of hours or whatever. And when I was playing Skyrim, like, I was definitely playing Skyrim. But there was also, like, a separate narrative that existed in my head. And I was sort of, like... I was using Skyrim to sort of play like a single player role playing game, but there was like a lot of story and stuff that like only existed in my own mind. Oh, sure. And a lot of like care decisions I was making, like based on that. I mean, listen, a lot of times when I was playing Skyrim, the game that I was actually playing was, I wonder if I could get to the top of that mountain. Right. And so this dude is playing, it's, he's doing the same thing. Like Skyrim is just the engine or the box, I guess, within which he is playing his own Buckwild game, wherein you beat Fallout 3 in like 15 minutes. Is that counting the cutscenes? Are you allowed to skip cutscenes? <laughs> Yes, that is inc- including the cutscenes. Like, there's there's part of it where, like, he doesn't actually ever leave the vault. Like, he f- he gets to the part where you're a teenager, and then he just, like, like phase shifts through a wall, like, out into the world, and the game doesn't know how to deal with it. So it's just like, oh, I, uh, uh, I, I guess we're playing the game now. But he's still, like, a 16-year-old. <laughs> 
Well, I guess that is the nice thing about the uh, sort of infamously buggy Bethesda games, is there's probably a lot of things to exploit. Yeah, you just, they just, just crack them wide open. It is wild. And, like, how they find some of these things, I think, re- like, they've just got to, like, because this, like, this is a whole thing, right? There's a whole community of people around this. And, like, like some of it is just, like, pathing, like, figuring out, like, the fastest way through the game. But a lot of it is glitching and just sort of, like, what can we do? Like, try, like, wild combinations of things until something crazy happens, and then can we use that to beat this game faster? Um, it's pretty amazing to, to check this out. Anyways, Matt, that was a, a cool thing uh, that I... Speaking of things that are wild and amazing... Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to watch episode 40 of Kekiso Sentai Car Ranger. As a reminder, it is called Nani Whatever Anyway, a Scramble Intersection Robo. Uh, and we will be right back. All right, welcome back. So, as previously stated, this episode's unusual. I will say that. Uh, it... it- yeah, man. I mean, listen, they're all kind of weird, right? Like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have we thought wouldn't, to yeah. do this podcast <laughs> if it, if it was just like watching, I don't know, like Party of Five. Uh, I've never seen Party of Five, but I assumed that was a pretty straight down the middle show. Like, we're not, we weren't, we wouldn't be doing a podcast about friends. Let's say that. Like, there's a base level of like, huh, wasn't expecting that to happen. On this show. Yes. This one and takes that and sort of tweaks it. It does. Man. Uh, it's a real, real good episode. Like, really good. It is. This is a Minoru episode. And I feel like it's been a while since we've had one of those. Yeah. And I... Man. Okay, before this episode, I don't think... I did not know that the, the, the guy who plays Minoru, whose name I can't remember, sorry... Is is like the best actor on this show, but he definitely is. Yeah, it's a really good like highlight for him. And okay, yeah. I guess we'll, we will continue. We'll talk about this sort of continuingly, and then at the end. But uh, anyway, great great episode. We start off um, on Earth. Zalmoda is wearing a hard hat, which is hilarious because his head is grotesque. Yes, um, it is. And he has this construction crew of Wumpers who all, like, they appear to be following OSHA guidelines. Like, they have a bunch of, like, warning lights out and, uh, like, railings on their construction They're wearing hats. There's, like, caution tape everywhere. Uh, they're, they're digging a big hole, and they are putting, I guess this is where the OSHA thing sort of falls apart. They're putting at the bottom of a hole big barrels full of explosives, which you know Listen, because they're labeled sometimes- explosive. Yeah, I mean, there's there's times where you can, uh, you know, blow stuff up. Now, we do get, there's a quick spot where there's these Wumpers down in a hole, and then, like, we get a, a perspective shot from the Wumpers as Zelmoda sort of, like, leans over the hole. And boy, howdy, let me tell you, if you thought Zelmoda looked horrifying just looking at him, uh, looking at him, like, sort of straight up at that angle with, like, a weird garish green light on his face is even worse. Yeah, it doesn't help that situation. Uh, he, so, so he's complaining about doing having to do a bunch of manual labor, even though... Which I get. It should be noted, he himself is doing no manual labor. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> I think he's just point. upset about having to be next to manual labor. 
Like, he had to clock in today, and that's not normally how he rolls. I was going to say, that's not why you joined the Bozook. You don't join the Bozook to punch a clock at a construction job, Matt. No, so, they're reckless. Oh, then, sorry, real quickly, an insane thing happens, which is he yells down this hole, like, hey, how's it going down there? And a Wumper says to him, oh, like, we're all done, so apparently Wumpers talk. You know, I, I, I feel like this is not the first time we've heard Wumpers talk. Man, really? Because I definitely feel like it is. Uh, they in the beginning of this series, they used to do different things with the Wumpers. Like, remember that running bit where in every Wumper fight, there because you know the Wumpers are all like multicolored. There's like orange ones and pink ones and blue ones and green ones, and then there was also always like one Wumper that was dressed in all white, and that would be the comedy Wumper who would have some sort of weird moment in the middle of the fight. Oh, yeah, and there also used to be a lot more, like, sort of animated goofball effects with the Wumpers as well. Yeah. Well, weird, I missed that. Did, did not anticipate missing those things. Um, so he, he calls up to uh, Barbarian, and he's like, yeah, yeah, everything's going all right. I can't believe we have to do all this stuff for, like, stupid old, like, Dash Emperor exhaust, but here we are. Um, and the Dash Emperor's like, listen... I have given you the idea for this plan. I have given you the money like materials, for this plan. I have and I've given you the money. It. Like I've given you literally everything you need on this plan. Just do it and you will win. Just 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 please this time follow my instructions and do not screw up. Uh Zanette rolls over and she is also upset about the fact that everyone is doing manual labor. Again, she's not doing it. But she she ran away from home to hang out with a biker gang. She did not run away yeah, from home to hang does. out with, like, responsible, like, employees. Yeah, she goes, like, full biker girlfriend. Like, she's starting a fight with another dude. Like, right, and this is Guy very Mo's much like, like a... No, no, everything's cool. Please do not freak right. out. Everything's <laughs> going well right now. <laughs> like, Gynamo does not want to get in this fight. And Zanet just like, my boyfriend can definitely take you. Um, President Ganema <laughs> does say a weird thing here where he says, if we follow this plan this time, we will put the car rangers on a cross. I did think that was weird. I just, Until you know, later, like, I guess. Yeah, okay, well, uh, so anyways, yeah, he does say that. And I was like, oh, that's a weird, weird like, I understand... Like, I understand what you... Like, I immediately understand what you're trying to say. It is a bit of an odd way to, to put that, but okay. Sure. So anyways, uh, we go from there. Down to Pegasus Motors. And uh, Dave, Kyosuke rolls in. You know, what's, you know what's in my notes right after we arrive at Pegasus Motors? It's, hmm. it's another thing I missed from early in the season. Where's the boss? Holy cats, you're right. Like we, we, we have not seen that dude in a minute. We've seen Ichitaru fairly right recently, but we have not seen the the like their employer in I don't know, 15 episodes. Dude, yeah, maybe somewhere around there, which is a shame because that dude was awesome. Anyway, this episode is also awesome. I don't want to dwell on like the old parts of the show that aren't around anymore. It just occurred to me as I was watching this time. Uh yeah, so anyways, Kuzge rolls in and he's like, "Hey, like where's Minoru?" And they're like, oh, he, like, he kind of dipped out. He's at a shrine. He's at a shrine praying for victory. 
and Kyosuke's like, oh man, yeah, dude, like this new this new bad guy, Evil Dash Emperor Exhaust, no joke. We actually all should, like, maybe we should all go to the shrine. This makes a lot of sense. He's very concerning. Like, I feel like we had a lock on the Bozoak, but this new element, I don't know, we gotta stay on our toes. Like, good, good looking out, Minoru. Like, strong call. So we go from there to the shrine, and Minoru is definitely there. Yeah. And he is definitely praying. And he is, in fact, definitely praying for victory. Evil Dash Emperor Exhaust and the Car Rangers themselves. Yeah, they're not part of the equation. Far from his mind. (laughs) Far from his mind. No, he is, in fact, praying for the Hanshin Tigers, who have been having a rough season. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, he is decked out. He's got, like, a jersey, and he's got a headband, he's got all sorts of stuff. Now, this is, um,. This is the team Katie supports, right? I think so. I know it's a real team. Um, yeah, I think maybe this is Katie's team. Yeah, because the Hanshin Tigers were playing the Rakuten Golden Eagles in some sort of thing. And she was like, boo, Rakuten Golden Eagles. And you were sort of like, yay, Rakuten Golden Eagles. <laughs> no, it's the only Japanese baseball team I know. Uh, except, I guess, now for the Hanshin Tigers. Um... And yeah, he is there. He is a big fan. We we find out some stuff about like Minoru, not like deep backstory stuff, but the Tigers are from Osaka. Like, yes. Uh, so Minoru is like, and that is also where Minoru is from. That is his hometown team, as we will go to grow to realize. He is like he is not from Tokyo, and he loves his hometown. And his hometown yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to look up some of this stuff. The um, I don't know if you did uh, Naniwa, Matt. Naniwa is, it's sort of like saying like uh, New Amsterdam. Like Osaka is not Naniwa, but like it sort of used to be. Oh, okay. And it's Osaka now. But when he, when it's like referencing Naniwa, like that's what it's talking about. Gotcha, gotcha. So he is there. He is praying for his team. And the Bozo alert, alert goes off. Um, and it's like, okay, like, obviously this is very important, but that's important too, and it's a little more urgent, so I'm going to leave and go help deal with this. Uh, oh, uh, he does He does go through a whole bit where he is, like, blaming himself for the fact that his team is not doing well, because he has not been coming to the shrine and praying often enough, and that's why they're having a rough season. It's very good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um. So he runs off and uh, meets up with the other four to go deal with the Bozoke. Uh, and when they do, they meet, and Dave, I don't know if I was just looking down uh, for my to write down a note, but I know that this guy is referred to as Baton, but I don't remember him ever getting like a full introduction with like uh, like his name popping up on the screen. Nope. Which is notable because it's do not. the first time in this entire season that hasn't happened. Yeah, it was really weird. Like, I don't even know what this dude's... Sorry, I'm scrolling through some old texts looking for the team that, that Katie supports. I'm pretty sure her team is actually not the Hanshin Tigers. I think it is the... It's a different tiger? No, it is the Lote Chibe, Chiba uh, Marines is what it appears to be. Oh, you know, that does sound familiar. But I do know that the, the Tigers are, of course, a real team. Yeah, it is really weird because there's this dude and we don't... Like, we don't know what his initial is and we don't know what he's... What he's best at, right? He's he, just he's because like he's there. bound to be the Bozoks' number one something, because everyone is. 
but like I wonder if they give them like a like a career aptitude test when they start with the bozo. Like, okay, let's find your niche. Um, but we don't know what his is. He looks yeah. sort of like a bat person. His name is Baton, and it and it, yeah. And I don't know why I'm pronouncing that like weirdly Frenchy. Um, I don't know, but I also did. Uh, and and he all it's it's like B A T T O N, and also. Like, bats are a thing in baseball, but that doesn't seem to actually be related. Outside of the fact that, like, you know, Minoru is himself, like, right. a big So, like, So, Baton is running around, and he, he sees the car rangers, and he starts running over towards them. And they, like, pull their weapons out. They're like, okay, now it's time to fight. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm so glad to see you. Please help me. I'm running away from the Bozoak. And then Zelmoda rolls up. He's like, hey, there's the guy who escaped from, like, Bozoak prison. And according to Bozoak law, he must be captured and murdered. Because otherwise, he might let our great secret loose. Yeah. Uh, okay, so just a side note, Matt. His full name is O.O. Baton. But, fun fact, he was voiced by uh, Kazuki Yao, who is also the voice of Ninja Man. Oh, Nice. No. Anyways. So yeah, he runs over and he's like, please, please, please save me. And Zamoda's like, no, murder him. And then there's like a real quick fight. Uh, It feels like they didn't have a lot of plot for this episode because we get like a full zoom in on all the rangers. And they're all like, red racer, punch, punch, punch. Yellow racer, punch, 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 punch. And then eventually... There's a great, like, there's a cool little spot where uh, Zelmoda goes to attack Minoru and Baton, like, jumps in the way and saves him. Takes a nasty hit on the arm. Yeah. And then Zelmoda's just like, well, that's fine because I was really here to murder you anyways. And then Minoru's like, no! And he sort of, like, jumps up and knocks Zelmoda back and then uses Navic Blaster. And uh, it does, he doesn't, like, blast... Zomoda, because he like deflects it, but Zomoda's like, fine, like we'll get you later, and he teleports away. So they're sort of convalescing after the fight, and like they're looking at his arm, and Baton is like, Man, thank you for helping me so much. I am super hungry. Like, I this might be like, a, you guys this just might would be not a even transition, really. but like, I'm really hungry. Could you guys like help me out? I just got out of Bozak prison. Right. Mina was like, dude, I've got you. Like, you saved me. That was super rad. There's an amazing takoyaki place around here. Uh, like, let's run over and we'll, we'll like, get some takoyaki. Uh, takoyaki is like a, like a, like a pan-fried octopus dumpling thing. Uh, I've, never, so, I've never had it, but while I was watching them eat it in this episode, I was like, I should definitely, at some point, eat takoyaki. That looks amazing. Oh, dude! Uh, the way that you make them is super rad. It's so it's like a it's like a heavy cast iron pan with like a half sphere indent, and then you pour the batter in, and then you just sort of like poke at it and stir it, and it's sort of like as you poke at it, the fried part that is already cooked kind of like circles up and around, and then like the whole thing eventually is is sort of sort of closed oh, in. So you, you start know, with a half sphere. I feel like I've seen that in like an Anthony Bourdain episode sometimes. Yeah, like you almost definitely have. They're super famous. And so he like goes and gets takoyaki and now he never changes back to being they're all in their ranger uniforms because of course 
Yeah, like they have secret identities. And so they just have to stay whoever, you know, they have to stay as the ranger. Yes, except that Minoru, although he has not transformed back into like regular Minoru, has put his tiger's headband back on. Oh, that's right. He's just like wearing it on his head, like over his helmet. So he goes and he gets the the food and he gives it to Baton. He's like, here you go. Real Osaka-style takoyaki. Like, it's so rare to find in Tokyo. Like, this is the real stuff. But, like, it's definitely super better. Uh, Baton loves it. And he also, like, compliments Minoru on his tiger's headband. And Minoru at this point is like, dude, this guy jumped in front of a, like, attack for me. He likes my local food. He appreciates the gear of my local team. Like, this is my guy. I like, like this dude is good. Like I've got a good feeling about this dude. I feel like we're going to be friends for a long time. He, he takes off. He literally says he takes off his headband. He wraps the headband around Baton's head, and he says, "I feel like we will be friends forever." Yeah. Uh. So they they finish off the takoyaki. Uh. Minoru runs away. And he's just like, "Holy cats! Like no worries. I'm going to get you some more takoyaki. Two minutes." But then Yuko's like. Hey, he's just a real, like, Kansai man. And uh, Kansai is like a... I had to look this up also. It's like a it's like a portion of the of the z- territory. Okay, yeah. Like, I, there's I, like Osaka. I, I was trying to figure that out on a map. I sort of ran out of time before we were uh, recording. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's just like, you know, like, it's like Naniwa is like a fairly large area. Or like Osaka Prefecture is like a fairly large area. And this is like a, a portion of yeah. it. But apparently, Minoru um, is a purebred uh, Kansai man. Yeah, and so, like, he comes back, and he's just like, this is real Naniwa hospitality. Uh, So they're, like, really digging in on this. Everybody, I'm sure, from, like, this region is, like, losing it as they're watching the television. Uh, They're so excited. So we go from there uh, back to... And Batan is like, listen, I am so moved by everything that you're doing for me. I'm really not supposed to. But... Okay, I will tell you the Bozok's secret plan that I'm definitely not supposed to tell you. In order to blow up the Earth, we are, like, we're not just coming in from the space. Like, we are also, like, digging and building underground bases. And we're going to use that to help turn the Earth into fireworks. Right. Now, the impression that I got that he was just like, they would literally kill me if they told you this. But, like, you've been so cool and they're probably going to kill me anyways. Like, I'll just tell you. Yeah. So we go from there to the ranger base, and it's the it's all four of them except Minoru, and there's Dapu there. And Dapu's like, this is a very bad plan. Like, this is definitely a trick. Like, the Bozok are all bad. We don't know this dude. He just showed up. Like, this is a trick. Like, it's definitely a trick. Like, where even is this guy? And they're like, oh, like, he's staying at Minoru's place. Like, Minoru's got him. Yeah, and, and they're trying to say, like, listen... I understand what you're saying, but, like, Minoru vouches for this dude, and, like, he is trying to give us information. Maybe he's not bad. And then Dapu says something that is very interesting. He says, listen, the Bozook alarm, like, we found this guy because the Bozook alarm went off, right? Because they have a Bozook alarm. Right. And uh, he's like, the Bozook alarm is calibrated such that it will not go off. If the Bozok that is coming to Earth has, like, defected and turned away from their wicked ways. Oh, uh, so you know what? I totally missed I must have been writing notes or something. I missed that little blurb. And it's a, weir- okay. it's a weird bit because 
I mean, it's it's a cool bit because a it gives you a little like, is this guy good or isn't he? Because of course, when Baton was there, Zelmoda was also there. So like, either one of them would have set it off. It also does kind of make me wonder, like. Because previously, I thought that the Bozok alarm was just like, oh, sure, like, something is coming in from space, it's the Bozok, I have an alarm for it. But apparently now there's this whole other bit where it is calibrated to sense the evil in their heart, and that is a crazy thing. Yeah, um, that is... That's a real car magic. We've moved away yeah, from sh- car science. <laughs> Is is car magic? It's also the uh, sort of philosophical implications of just having like a physical alarm that can sense. This is like a paladin thing. Like, oh yeah, I just sensed you were evil. Um, so, so, anyways, we go from there to Minoru, and by Minoru's place, they just mean Minoru's apartment, right? And so, like, he lives in just, like, a walk-up apartment, and we see, in, we go inside, and it's, a, first of all, it is, it is tip-to-top Henshin Tigers. Yes. Like, every, like, almost every available square inch of space is decked out with some sort of, like, poster or jersey or, like, other memorabilia for the Tigers. Yeah. And... What's also rad is that they're like Baton is there and not Minoru, but Green Racer is there, which means we missed the scene where like Green Racer just has to sort of like walk up to this apartment and like get his keys out of his pocket and be like, oh yeah, just a sec, like let me get the door open. And then like walk in and have that that slightly awkward moment where somebody walks into your apartment and they've never been there before and you know them and you're just like, Welp. This is how I live. Right? I and hope then, that like, they just to be judge here. you instantly. Yeah. Um, it's a very. And then also, I just thought about this. Like, presumably, Minoru has neighbors that he knows. And now all his neighbors have just seen Meet Green Racer, like, roll up to Minoru's apartment, pull out a key, and, like, open it up. Now, when you say Which pull I out mean, a key, Dave, I've got a question for you. Now, what Minoru is Minoru, of course. He's got a jacket with pockets. He's got a shirt with a breast pocket. He's got pants I with pockets. I did think about this, Matt. Green Racer doesn't have pockets. Green Racer has a holster. But I don't think he keeps his keys in it. Listen, maybe he just had to just be and Maybe he had to be like, hey, Batson, could you do me a favor? Could you just like turn around real fast? Like, don't look at me. He, like, unhensions, unlocks the door, and then goes through, like, the whole Excel changer bit, and then turns back at the Green Racer. <laughs> and it's like, all right, you can turn around now. Let's go in. So they're in there, and he's like, listen, man. He's like, dude, I'm going to get you some more food. I got some, like, udon, like Osaka-style. I don't know what the details are, but, like, it is Osaka-style udon. Like, he's made it for him. He's like, dude, check it out. Like, have these, have these noodles. This is so rad. You seem like a real cool dude. I'm super happy to like help save you from the Bozoak. Those guys are jerks. You and me, Hanshin Tigers. He gets a call in on his like helmet radio from Kyosuke, and Kyosuke's like, hey man, like you just you gotta come in, we gotta talk for a minute. Greeters just says, No problem. Like, I'll be right back. He's like, You just chill out, Baton. You enjoy this like special hometown udon I have made for you. Like 
It's the heart and soul of my city. It fills me with like warmth and joy to eat it and to make it and to share it with you. Highlight of my year. Like you enjoy this udon. I'll be right back. Best bud. So so he hops up. Minoru gets to uh, back to Pegasus Motors, and Dapu is reiterating like, "Listen, I know you're into this guy. You cannot trust him. He like he is a bozoke and will betray us all." And Minoru is like very impassioned about how the fact that like he just like no, I I understand what you're saying, but I want to trust him. Like it is important to me to like give this guy the benefit of the doubt and help him in his hour of need. I did I really liked that moment because he's he's even saying like he's not even necessarily saying I do trust him. Right. It is or not that, like I have that, good reason to trust him. He's not he's not even saying Dapo Dapo Dapu, you are wrong to tell me not to trust him. He's like, no, no, I get all of that. But it is important to me to, like, pursue the idea of trusting this man because I, it's, like, that is a worthwhile thing for me. And I think that me doing it for him will be worthwhile to him regardless of his motives. Yeah. Very nice moment. So, now it Dave, is. It's like a super... And he, like, you see this in his face. Like, it's rad. Now, okay. And Dapu's, like... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and Dapu's like, listen, man, I, like, I get that. Like, that's, like, Minoru, that's great, but this is extremely suspicious. And Minoru says, like, listen, he told me about this plan about these bases. Like, I'll go check it out myself. I'll report back to you guys. And then, like, that way, and he does... It's, I'm trying to think of the exact way to phrase this. Um, This is one that's very worth watching, I would say. Um, Really just for these like handful of moments from Minoru where he does, because Minoru, uh, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, if if it's come up a lot, but like Minoru is a super smiley guy. Like he is smiling all the time. Uh, He's like always sort of like goofy and smiling and so there's this moment where, like, he's, he still smiles, and you see it, like, crack. Like, man, just for, like, a half second. And it's back up, but there's a very different quality to it. Like, it's very obviously false now. And he's like, listen, I will go and check it out. And, and like, and I'll come back, and I'll report to you guys, and we'll see... But, like, I want to trust this guy. Now, Dave, in this very moment, in this upcoming scene, I'm going to be honest with you. I 100%, like, fell asleep while writing the notes on this scene. And then I came back afterwards. Like, but you know how when you're in... I I don't know how uh, you taking notes in college works. You ever, like sort of half fall asleep in a college class and then wake up and look at your notebooks and say, like, I don't know what this was supposed to mean. The next phrase in my notes is this. He runs off and finds the Technodrome. 
Like the like the the underground like rolly base from the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, no, no, is no. there I any reason the why I would have written is. that? Okay, here is the only thing I could think of. Uh, right after Minoru leaves, the other Rangers turned to Dapu and were like, "I want to trust this guy too," and Dapu's like, "This is a bad plan." And they're like, yeah, it kind of is, but like we want to do it anyways. And they all run after Dapu. And then, or they all run after Mitaru. And then Dapu is sad that he's not the only horrifying alien that they want to trust. Mm-hmm. And Two then episodes they all chase after Mitaru. Yeah. And then they all, like, they get uh, VRV, they summon the VRV machines. And if you were, like, real sleepy and just looking out of the corner of your eye, there is a sort of, like, vague visual similarity between like the VRV carrier like rolling up out of the earth and the Technodrome that must have been what it was because I was my sleepy brain was so committed to writing the Technodrome I have it scribbled out and rewritten three times to like try to get it down properly so that I would be able to reference this note during the episode well (laughs) Well, okay. I mean, the Technodrome is definitely not in there, but I can see how, like, if you got real adult, you might you might think that. So VR machine machine rolls out. Uh, so we go back to Baton, and he is just chilling in Minoru's apartment, and he gets a call on what appears to be Minoru's landline. <laughs> now that's a very easy way for them to eventually like. I guess, was Star 6 9 a thing back then? Or, like, it feels as though they should be able to figure out who Minero is if they have his phone number and his address. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, he's just chilling. He gets a phone call from... Dun, dun, dun. Zalmodo. His old pal. His old with pal. With whom he is still in cahoots. Right. And Zalmodo basically just says, like... All right, bud, time to betray the Rangers now. And Baton's like, oh my gosh, finally. I've just been, been, been sitting here with this dumb jerk in his dumb apartment eating his stupid noodles. Oh, sorry, by the way, uh, one of the things that Minoru had said to Voucher Baton is he's like, no, we're cool. He said he's going to go to a Hanshin Tigers game with me like this upcoming season, like he's ran. And so now we see Baton and he's just like, oh, I've been savvy to look at all this stupid Henshin Tiger stuff. Can't wait to get out of here and kill all these fools. So we go from there and VRV Robo is just sort of like tromping around looking for a buried Bozoak base, I guess. I, I, I mean, I am choosing to believe that maybe they have like scanning instruments in VRV Robo that they couldn't otherwise use because it does it is kind of weird that he's just wandering around without a monster to fight like through the city uh, but as he does this he wanders into a terrible trap and yeah. as President Gynamo referenced earlier uh, VRV Robo gets chained to a cross it's uh yeah, it's just like a big old actual Celtic cross. Yeah, not. I mean, definitely not the first time we've seen the Rangers chained to a cross in a, one of these shows, right? There was uh, there was an episode of Jetman, I think, where Ryu got chained to a cross, didn't he? I think so. I don't know. I I tend to sort of like I think mentally self edit those moments out because I find them kind of uncomfortable. 
Um, so, yep, he's just definitely chained to an actual literal giant cross. Uh, and then Benton just rolls up, does not even wait. He's like, awesome, we got you dumb jerks. I'm going to eat this Emu Yokan and murder you all. Minoru feels responsible, of course. I mean, he is responsible, but he feels... Not only does he feel badly that he is like, like that now they are in trouble and it's his fault, he he just feels badly about the whole situation. Yeah, like he feels bad that this dude. Oh yeah, and that like oh oh Baton has like betrayed them and that his trust he he shouldn't have trusted him and like all this stuff. I think we Matt. I think we discover what oh oh Baton is the best at. He's the Bozok's best, like just real jerk, just like real awful. Yeah, he, jerk he's the best person. He's the best at treachery. He's their number yeah. one treachery fan. So, yeah, so Minoru is just, he's like torn up about everything about this. Dabu gets on the radio and he's like, listen, dude, like, slow your, like, I know I told you not to trust this guy. And to Dabu's credit, he, he does not at all say I told you so. He's like, listen, you should trust people. Like, this is not... A, a new reason to like oh never trust anybody but you do need to focus to survive because this dude has betrayed your trust and he definitely will kill you right stop feeling bad and start feeling like you're in a fight like we just need to get yeah. through this um, and they're just like well we like what do we even do like what it like whatever's happening like we cannot we, we can't get out of this basically yeah so they realize, like, well, we've got, like, VRV Robo is trapped, but RV Robo isn't. Well, they don't realize it. Dapu just tells them. Oh, well. He's like, guys, you, you do have another giant robot, though. Like, we spent a lot of time repairing it pretty recently, remember? Uh, so they summon that. Um, Baton... Uh, he is also surprised. Right. Like, the Bozo also forgot about the existence of RV Robo. Right, I guess they just sort of figured that, like, with VRV Robo now out, like, RV Robo is just in mothballs. Um, but RV Robo shows up. He, like, goes to attack Baton. Baton, like, sort of gets out of the way of this, like, big kick. And now you've got both robots. One of them's chained up. And uh, Baton is facing them with, like, this big drill spear thing that he's got. Uh, yeah, basically, like... Like, Oo Banton is, like, their best treachery guy, but also is apparently, like, one of their better fighters. Because he just sort of, like, tromps RV Robo. Um, he sort of, like, he, he just... Yeah, he just mollywops this dude. And he, he gets him down, and he's about to, like, bust him right through the chest with this, like, giant drill staff thing that he's got. Uh, they manage to hold him off for a second. And they're like, what are we gonna do? Like, this is very bad. And then there's, like, a super rad moment. Minoru just, like, starts yelling at Baton. And he's like, how could you do this to me? Like, how could you... Like, are you, Bozok, like, so callous that you cannot understand human kindness? Like, you ate my taco. Like, you came to my house and you ate my food. I made you special udon. Like, we were going to go see the Hanshin Tigers together. Like, what... Like, come on, man. And for a moment, at least, Baton, like, reflects on this and, like, steps away from landing the death blow. And, like, his eyes, 
change from like oh it earlier he had like non-evil eyes and then when treachery was activated his eyes turned evil and now his eyes switch back to their non-evil configuration and he's thinking like reflecting on his day like you know like he's like he's actually yeah that's a very good point like i got so wrapped up in this plan but like this guy was really nice to me and had no reason to be and then as he's reflecting on this, Zelmoda like yells at him. He's like, hey, uh, I don't know what's going on right there, but if you don't try to kill those people, Emperor Exhaust will murder you. Like, that's just, like, you have gotten to a point where you don't have a choice anymore. And Baton is yeah. like, okay, yeah. And his eyes turn evil again. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to rip you guys apart. And when he says I'm going to rip you guys apart, Minoru has a thought. He's like, wait a second. Because right now, there's they, they've got sort of two problems, right? Which is that VRV Robo, like, his body is changed to this uh, cross. And RV Robo is damaged, and, like, its limbs are kind of messed up. And he's like, we've got ten total robots. Let's just split them all up, swap them all back together... Like, get away from this moment, regroup, rejoin them together in, like, a different configuration, and then we'll be able to fight again. We have one, we have, like, in total, one working giant robot. We just need to plug all the bits in together. Yeah. So... And no one is confident that this is going to work. <laughs> they're going to do like, it. Not even, even as they're going through the plan. They're like, okay, let's do this. Boy, I hope this works. They're like, man, I do not know, but like it's happening now because we're still in like in like emerge mode. Right. Minoru's like, we're in fusion mode. We can't not do it. It's happening. Let's roll. Uh so they do. They do do this. It's fusion mode super emergency. Uh invincible Naniwa. Sorry, invincible Naniwa Robo Special. Is what Minoru calls it. And then the rest of the Rangers are like, you can't name it by yourself. Right. Like, we all got to vote, Minoru. You can't just decide can't just it's the it Invincible Robo Naniwa special. Yeah. Um, I was... This is... I suffered a brief moment of disappointment here. Because I thought what we were going to get was a 10-car... Uh, like, I thought this was going to be the intro. You thought we were going to get a 10-car pileup? Yeah, I thought this was going to be the intro for, like, a new, like, Ultra Megabot. And it wasn't. Uh, Although, uh, according to the, the Wikipedia page on this episode, this is the first time that they'd ever, like, mismatched robots like this. Oh, that's cool. I dig it. So, um, so basically, that's, that's pretty much it. Like, they... Like, Baton has no answer for this. He just goes down. Right, he gets hit by... Like, the, he, the RV sword is able to cut through Baton's spear... And then they summon Victory Twister, which looks like weirdly oversized on RV Robo's torso. Because it's RV Robo's torso with VRV Robo's limbs. Yes. There, yeah, there is another moment where you like see Minoru's eyes inside his helmet just before they pull the trigger on Victory Twister. And you can tell that like he's not going to not do it, but he doesn't feel great. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. He's he's sad, but he does it, and that's you know that that is the end of uh, Baton. 
But it is not the end of this episode, Dave. And the end of this episode is heartbreaking. Oh my gosh. So it's so it's 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 raw. It's that's all it I is can say Jet about Man it, raw. That is what it, it is. It is extremely raw. So here's what happens. Uh they Minoru is just sort of like sitting on this like he's looking at down at the water and uh and he's got the headband in his hands. Because remember he had given the headband to Baton. And he's just like he's super bummed out. And everybody rolls up to him. And like they're obviously bummed out too. Sure. Because like they also wanted to trust this guy, but like they weren't as they they all recognized that Minoru was feeling like particularly badly about it. Yeah. And so they walk up, they don't get all the way up to him. They sort of get to like the end of the bridge that he is standing in the middle of. And he just turns up to them and smiles, but it's that same sort of smile from earlier where you can tell that, like, he is putting on his Minoru smile because that is what he needs to show them right now. Like, for him and also for them so that they'll believe that he's okay. And, like, he puts his headband back on and literally says, Hey, I'm not depressed at all. Yeah. And he does, and he... He sort of does this big smile, and he turns around. And he says, I, I'm sure there are some good guys in the Bozoak, too. Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that line. Jeez, man. And and then he turns around and walks away and starts singing what I assume is the like the Hanshin Tigers fight song. But like, and at, it, like as he is doing it, he is like like, audibly holding back tears as he is singing this fight song and pretending to and be you, happy. And at first you only saw see him from the back, and that's bad enough. And then you see him in profile, and you just see him, like, smiling, but his eyes are crying, and he's singing this song as sort of, like, this... Like, the, the scenery walks past. And Matt... I I would have I would have bet just about anything that the rest of the Rangers were at some point going to chime in on this fight song. Right. And they like, were going run to across like, the bridge and throw their arms over his shoulders and like they'd all sort of go off together. And like it's sad, but his friends would be there for him. And they don't, and the episode just ends. It's uh Man, it's it's a great like it's a great moment. Like you said, like I am pretty sure after having seen this episode that that dude is the best actor on this show. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's a killer moment of television. Just like, jeez, man. Uh, by the way, um, uh, what's his name? Naruhisa Arakawa did definitely write six episodes of Jetman. Oh, did he? Okay. I would be curious to see which ones at some point. Uh, Dave, well, I happen to have pulled up a list of all of the episodes of Jetman with their writers, and I'm scrolling through, and it turns out uh, I don't recognize 
all of the episodes that he wrote, but all the ones that I do recognize, it looks like he had a 100% hit rate. Because uh, he wrote Cup Noodles. Um, oh, too nice. Uh, he wrote I'm a Primitive, which I'm pretty sure is the one with the uh, the the time, what was it called? Time Mammoth? Where they go back to caveman times. Oh yeah, Space Time Mammoth. Space Time Mammoth. Uh, he wrote an episode called Prim- uh, Traitorous Ryu, which I don't... Oh, Traitorous Ryu. That was the one where... Ryu like pretended to betray the Jetman, but actually had like programmed a robot to look like he was betraying it, so that he could like try to circle around on oh geez. people to yeah, like okay. uh, free what was her name um, Maria. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he wrote Spin Roulette of Life, the one where um, Guy. Had to gamble against the sniper cat, uh, and the, he won the game of roulette by having oh by the, picking up the giant the, uh, robot. Oh pick my up gosh. the casino yeah, this and shift it slightly. Yeah, okay. Uh, this guy is awesome, and this episode is great. Uh, and it is over, but of course, our episode, Dave, is not yet over because first we need to determine where you said it was. O O Bouton? Yeah, O O Baton. O O Baton. Where he lands in the creature royale. Okay, well, sure. Uh, he's at the bottom because he did that to Minoru, and I hate him. Right, he made Minoru cry, so he's the worst at the end. Uh, yeah, no, he's, uh, I mean, he's slightly, listen, he did make Minoru cry. Uh, he is still better than General Cactus and Baron Nightmare. Okay, listen, he's a horrible person, but all of the monsters, like, almost all of these monsters are horrible people. Like, yeah, but they're like, I don't know, man, they're like horrible in a, in sort of a different way. Um, no, he, he, I don't know that he's necessarily down way at the bottom. No, like, he, he had sort of an arc, he had a moment of regret, he made, like, a real connection, and then betrayed that connection, and then remembered that connection and tried to go back, but it was too late. Like, listen, he's not Cup Noodles, he's not Space Time Mammoth, but, like, he's a, he is in a way that a lot of char- like monsters in Car Ranger have not been a real character. Yeah. So, uh, at spot number eighty, we ha- we have um KK Asu slash Max the King of Speed, who I feel like is sort of actually like a reverse baton. Like he Max King of Speed sort of like is a good guy. Really is a good guy that they have like con turned evil and then he sort of like becomes good in the end uh whereas baton oh, oh baton of course is a bad guy that pretends to be good and then in fact is bad at the end uh king, so king, is, of, king of speed i think is better oh yeah 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 and then um just below him is yy bingo and yy gonza who are the brothers and then we're actually down like right in the middle there's the ring priestesses necklace the ring necklace and earring priestesses uh okay Number 100 is Bar of Gold. Yeah, and then there's uh, Snake Armor and the Four Kings of Heaven, Duke Trump, Purse Monk, R.R. Re. Okay, I feel like we're getting more to the zone. R.R. Re. Yeah. Wait, no, I'm sorry. ZZ Zeri is a fashion designer who made a jacket that turned Signal Man evil and then made a giant jacket that turned uh, a giant robot evil. Yeah, and then there's Gigi Boone, their best errand runner. Who we he sort of we sort of just saw, um you know that's actually I I sort of feel weird doing this because we're throwing all these things like right right in that spot. 
But I think he's... I don't like him as much as Zizi Zeri. As a monster. But I think this episode is better than the Zizi Zeri episode. Uh, yeah. As like a piece of television. Although the Zizi Zeri episode is very good. Yeah. So I would... I would actually probably go... I would probably go up. Up from Zizi Zeri. Um... I don't know. I really liked ZZ Zeri. Because the thing is that... All right, that's... The- ZZ's... Like, maybe this episode is better than that episode. But this episode is so good because Meanery was so great in it. That episode is as good as it is because ZZ Zeri was so fun. Okay, good point. Good point. So why don't we put him just below ZZ Zeri? How does that... All right, uh, there he is. Yeah. That feels all right. And that puts him at spot 116. Number 116. Oh, oh, Baton, the betrayer. Yep. Uh, and that, finally, Dave, is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you have any updates on future episodes or see what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. Dave, if the good people want to get in touch with you to get in on the playtest for Ghost Sentai Heroes, how would they do that? Uh, you just email me at GhostSentaiHeroes at gmail.com and I'll uh, get the rules out to you and uh, put you on the list for future updates. Right on. Um, if you like this show, please remember that Shining in the iTunes review section are five stars. Uh, give us a five-star rating on there. Review. Do anything you like. Uh, that is very good of you. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great re- Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Come.